The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to bring you all the Cowboys reaction here on a Monday morning, fresh off another W, another victory Monday here in Cowboys Nation. Um, Cowboys are 2-0, done it impressive, impressive fashion here, taking out the two Giants, Excuse me, the two New York teams, the Giants and the Jets. If you hadn't known or if you live under a rock, the Cowboys beat the New York Jets 30 to 10 on Sunday. And um, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to digest. But before we do that, Aiden, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing so much better after watching that. I <laughs> I kind of prefaced it on the last show. I, I wanted to see how they responded to a 40 point win. Yeah. And to respond like that, man, I'm on cloud nine. Answered the bell. Yep. A hundred percent. This defense, I mean, we'll get into it, but this yeah. defense is legit. We have segments. We have things we want to get into before we kind of do dive into that. We usually do a little bit of banter, right? We schedule in a few minutes of banter, but when it's talking about the Cowboys and these type of games, we kind of want to jump right into it. I think anybody who's tuning into this as much as they like us, they want to hear Cowboy stuff. They don't want to hear about us. So like I said at the top, the Cowboys improved to 2-0 and beat the New York Jets, who fall to 1-1, 30-10, and right off the bat. I mean, we'll get into it deeper here, but C.D. Lamb, an absolute dog. Finished with 11 receptions, 143 yards. They got to find a way to get my man in the end zone, because when you work like that, you deserve it. Uh, Dak Prescott, in the first real opportunity to be in the new Mike McCarthy offense, finished 31-38 for with 255 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 112.2 rating. I mean, what more can you say? Uh, The Cowboys offense looked great at times. They took their chances. I actually put a tweet out or, you know, I mentioned, you know, you can't go broke taking a profit. So I'm not really upset with some of the red zone things and some of the decisions they made. We'll get into that deeper here. But the story, the star of the show, Aiden, I'll let you talk about it. This defense is as real as it gets, man. And I don't know if we've ever seen a defense like this. Yeah, because when we got to halftime, it looked like it was I I wasn't feeling uneasy because you could tell the Cowboys were in complete control of this one, but you could see the pathway of a typical Cowboys, like the Broncos game of, of late, where it's it's like, we're just letting this 
bad team. It's we're we're clearly better here, but we're letting them hang around. And I just like I could see the pathway for loss here, but then to come out in the second half, not only not allow a point, did did they make it past midfield in the second half? Like yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know the stats, but they tried going deep interception. They applied tried playing early in the third quarter they tried running the ball that doesn't work anyway and then when the cowboys are up 20 you have to throw i mean this defense dan quinn responding in the second half that way and just completely shutting them down and by the way the only touchdown they scored was off a bad angle by malik hooker which you're not going to count on that every week it's garrett wilson he's one of the best receivers in the nfl i'm i'm throwing that touchdown out yeah it it was a legit touchdown but it's not going to happen every week where you burn malik hooker like that and so, like, two games, 10 total points, mm. and, like, it's every bit that much of 10 points. Like, they are shutting teams down. It's not bend, don't break. It's teams are struggling to get a first down. Absolutely. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the Malik Hooker angle there because that's how I felt about it. I actually tweeted out that I'm less concerned with that play. It's a splash play. It's Seriously, one of those yeah. chance plays where the, the coverage was fine. You know, it, it. You know, you get beat on play sometimes, right? But Malik Hooker is there. A sure tackle, he probably makes nine times out of ten. That's a 12-yard gain instead of a 60-something yard touchdown. So that wasn't indicative of a defense having a problem. That was just the Jets hitting a splash play. It wasn't anything that was sustainable you can build off of or feel really good about. They just hit it and like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we got one. Um, so this defense, I mean, you talked about it. Ten points in two games. This offense, you know, it's just... Everything seems to be clicking early on here, right? Dan Quinn has a plan for Micah Parsons. He has a plan for these safeties. Um, it, it's just it's just so fun to see it. Demarcus Lawrence looks healthy. He looks fresh. There's just that first blowing up the run on that oh first carry was quite possibly one of the best things I've seen. Yeah, it's and this is now mind you, the Jets offensive line wasn't that's not what they're known for, but this defense was. And the Cowboys are out there putting it on them offensively. And, I, you know, we're going to kind of roll right into our initial thoughts here um, segment. When I looked at this offense, and all right, 30 to 10, offense looked good. Um, people are going to point out the red zone struggles. To me, the way I look at it is they got Zach Wilson on the other sideline. And part of my disrespect, but they don't respect the, the arm on the other side. So there's no point in putting the ball in harm's way. There's no point in, in trying to force something when you already got a two possession lead, you know, one to two possession lead, go and take the three. Brandon Aubrey was money, you know, so go out there. You can't go broke, taking a profit. Um, they just kept nickel and dime in their way to a situation where Zach Wilson was going to have to force it. And when he did, he threw two interceptions and he, he didn't look comfortable out there. And the Cowboys went out there and said, we're the better team. We're going to show it in all three phases. That's what they did. And this is the type of game that if you're a Cowboys fan, you mentioned it, the Denver Broncos situation where they go out there and you're like, okay, you're a better football team, but how come they're not showing it today? They absolutely showed it and and left no doubt. Yeah. And I don't want to say blueprint early because it's not, it's not blueprint in the way that teams will be able to figure it out. But I think we got a good blueprint of what the texas coast offense is going to look like and how it's going to play into this game you you mentioned nickel and diamond it's a perfect way to describe it where 
Mike McCarthy's comments over the offseason where he wants the offense to actually score slower so the defense has time to rest. There is some validity to that because what you're seeing is Dak's not taking downfield shots, nor does he need to when you know you have one of the best defenses in football behind him. Just dump it off to Pollard. Get CD open every once in a while. Ferguson, we'll talk about him later, but to me had a great game where it's just it's nothing special. It's not like Ferguson's catching it 20 yards down the field. Like for example, Dak Prescott finished with 6.7% or 6.7 yards per attempt today on an 81% completion percentage. So he's it's yeah, it's dump offs. It's I don't like using the term game manager because we know Dak Prescott's not just a game manager, but it's almost like that. You don't need to, you don't need to gain it all at once. Just take what's there. The rushing game is going to come in. Mike McCarthy, to me, an expert job today in knowing, okay, when do we need to start running it down their throats? When when are we going to air it out? And so it's just this methodical, it, it might not be like, I. outside of when the defense gives you two scores, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to put up a 40-point game this year just on their offense alone, but you don't need to with this defense. And that's what we talked about over the offseason. When you have this defense, we'd I'd rather have consistency than Kellen Moore's like 40 point, 14 point, yes. 30 point. So to me... I loved what I saw out of the quote-unquote Texas Coast offense, and I think this is really going to work given the defense we have. Absolutely. I, I mean, you said it so well there. I just want to add to it instead of kind of picking it apart because it was perfectly said. This defense, uh, this offense is – you talked about Dak being a game manager and not saying it in a, in a negative way, but exactly. underst- yeah. understanding what he has on the defensive side of the ball, understanding that – he doesn't have to go be a hero anymore, right? There's he doesn't have to go out there and make magic happen. He, he I think you know, you see him laugh, right? You dump it down to Tony Pollard on a swing, you dump it down to Deuce Vaughn on a swing, like well-timed screen plays, handling it off, you know, taking what the defense gives you and understanding when a situation calls to let it rip. Because you know, early in the game, you know, he's he's finding CeeDee Lamb in some tight windows and and some and some air hole shots or CeeDee Lamb is going up and having to make a play. You know, that will call for it at some point when we're in a competitive football game, right? Through two, it really hasn't been overly competitive. Um, but in the meantime, Mike McCarthy's probably in his ear saying, Listen, you know, we got Micah, you know, we got this defense, you know, let's as long as we don't do a quick change of you know possession where they get the ball inside, you know, the red zone or whatever the case may be. That's the only way this team's going to beat themselves. And that's when I'm watching these games and, you know, you sit there and you sit back as a fan, you're like, this feeling of winning feels so good. I don't want to experience a loss, but then you realize like, okay, that's going to come at some point, but what is going to be the reason for that? And as I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, well, the only way this team is going to lose a football game is if they beat themselves, right? They have everything they need. It's I don't think they're going to get out-schemed because they got the coaching staff. I don't think they're going to get out-talented. They're probably going to be one of the more talented teams in the entire league. You know, Anybody they face, they'll probably have a talent advantage at some point. Uh, it's just going to be, do we protect the football? Do we make dumb mistakes on defense? Do we tackle well? And it's like, that's such a good feeling. When you can go out there every Sunday and say, we're the better football team. And if we just go out there and play our game, we're going to come out victorious. And we haven't been able to say that in so, so long, Aiden. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the mistakes because that is one thing that both you and I, we've talked about on the show continuously. It was completely overblown in the offseason. I don't care about Dak Prescott's 15 interceptions in 2022. However, Mike McCarthy, like, a lot of those interceptions were Dak trying to fit it into a tight window. And by the way, accurately hitting that tight window pass, but then the ball bouncing off the receiver's chest and it ends up in an INT. 
Mike McCarthy's taking that off the table. He's saying, you don't even need to fit it into a tight window this year. Like, through two games, the only bad ball Dax had or the only interceptable ball he's had was that one play to Sauce Gardner, which kind of should have been a pick six, and the national media would have tore that apart. But you're completely right. With with this defense, you if you don't give them the ball and if you don't give them the opportunity, like, if you don't give them the ball at the 30-yard line, forty your own 30-yard line, 40-yard line, they have to march down the field on this defense, which I put like maybe there's three offenses in the NFL I've seen this week that can do it. Like it's the Bills. It might be the Eagles. We'll see. Even they look shaky at times. Like the Chiefs look bad on offense. The Bengals look bad on offense. There is not many offenses in the NFL that I've seen this week that I said, oh, yeah, they could probably score on our defense. It is few, which is a great if you're looking for a playoff run. Absolutely. And, and the proof is of the numbers, right? The weather was a factor in week one, but the fact that Dak was able to protect the football was probably the number one most important stat. But I'm going to run these numbers off for you for Dak Prescott, and you just tell me what you think about it. I think we're both going to agree here, but through two games, he has 398 passing yards, two touchdown passes, and um, zero interceptions, right? But his completion percentage is 68%. So he's out there. He's being efficient. He's protecting the football. He went 13 for 13 on his first 13 passes today. Like, just absolutely taking what the defense got him. And I, we haven't mentioned it yet. It's been talked about all week, but I want to make sure that people know we're not just talking about the Giants here. This Jets defense is a legitimate defensive unit, top three, top five group easily. And the Cowboys had their way with them. Yeah, I, look at the Jets last weekend. I mean, if we're going to... Like we we always treat Josh Allen as this, oh, he's at least a top three quarterback in the NFL. Some have him at two. Like Josh Allen, they the that and that Bills offense turned the ball over four times. They went up 13 points and they did not score in the second half until they needed to on that last second field goal yeah. and lost to the New York Jets. I don't want to see anybody saying this week, oh, sure, you beat the New York Jets. Like, who cares about no, that this Jets team just beat the Bills because of their solid defense. And the Cowboys hung 30 on them. By the way, they hung 30 on them comfortably. If they won, if they need to score more at the end of the game, they absolutely could have. The Cowboys were running the clock out starting in the fourth quarter on. They could have hung. 37 if they wanted to maybe 40 in a pinch like this was a great offensive performance and the cow did they punt in this up until like wait did they punt at all no they i think they punted like two or three times okay they punted three times when they were comfortable handing it pollard handing it dowdle handle deuce vaughn and okay okay we didn't get a first down go punt the ball back we just killed you know two or three minutes off the clock so it was in situations where they're totally okay with getting the ball back you know the game's in hand we're just trying to get out of here without getting injured by the way you want to take the time to talk about your boy dowdle because he looks like a solidified rb2 and a good rb2 at that Absolutely. Yeah. If I mean, we don't have to go into it too, too much because, you know, you know, the Rico Dowdle, we like to move in silence. The the fan, you know, the <laughs> fan base, we like to move in silence. No, but Rico Dowdle, man, he he's showing why he won the job. He's showing why, you know, Malik Davis didn't beat him out. Deuce Vaughn's going to get his touches. He had his drives, right? Deuce Vaughn had elevated situations where he played a lot more early on in this game. But Rico Dowdle has that juice. He has that burst. He brings a little bit of oomph in the interior there. He can pass protect, Um, you know. Is he the best running back two in the league? He's not, but he fits the role in what this Cowboys team needs. Tony Ballard looked like he had some juice. I know we don't have the complete offensive line out there, but the running game looked good at times. And mind you, that's Quinn and Williams, and that's a front seven that's damn good. So um, 
it's it's tough to sit here because we want to be pragmatic and we want to talk about both sides of it. But through two games, when you're 70 and 10, right, 70 points to 10 points and you're two and oh against two New York teams, it, it's tough to sit here and, and try to, you know, draw, you know, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? You're trying to pull things here to find negativity because you're not going to find it right now. Yeah. And. I mean, I, we came on last week, and I feel like both of us were very fair with the 40-point win. We both said we need to see it another week. We've seen this Cowboys team blow out opponents in the past. We need to see how they respond. The Cowboys respond by completely shutting down the Jets and then hanging 30 points on a defense that had previous lab. I'm going to call it 16 points because it, no, it was 16 points. Never mind. I was thinking, for some reason, I thought the Bills won. Never mind. So, yeah, previously hung like this there's reason to be excited. This Texas Coast offense is working. This defense looks like the best in football. And that's not like an exact through two games, allowing 10 points. They look like the best in football, and it doesn't look particularly close. If they stay healthy, there is serious reason to be optimistic. And I don't think we're overreacting to that. Not at all, man. It's 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 really fun. It's it's these are the podcasts we enjoy doing, right? Like these are the ones we get the love to talk about here. So as we get away from our initial thoughts, like I said, the Cowboys went 30 to 10 to move to 2-0. Uh, we're gonna move on to a little bit more specific here. I wanted to talk about um, you know, I'm gonna pivot here. I put down on our list what we we're gonna talk about, but I'm gonna go down one list here real quick and say, what are your initial thoughts on the Mike McCarthy? offense right his play calling we had talked about it a little bit we talked about the conservative stuff at by nature um do you think that the situation dictated that or do you think that this offense compared to what we're seeing with Kellen Moore is going to be overall more conservative because I don't really necessarily believe that but I, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it conservative is an interesting term because we forget that I mean, we see the points per game by Kellen Moore we just assume that it was an air raid attack Kellen Moore actually ran the ball at a pretty decent clip if like he was around the middle of the league ish when he sometime there were weeks where Kelmore just completely committed to the run. I don't, I don't think it's more conservative over McCarthy. It's more calculated. You mentioned it early when you're taking the when you're nickel and diming them, when you're taking the dump offs to Pollard to Ferguson, the short routes to CeeDee Lamb, then you open up the deep, deep shot. Like one of my favorite plays from this game was you keep like you're. You're throwing the screen to Turpin. You're throwing the screen to Deuce. And the whole defense is keying on that. So let's put Deuce in motion. We're going to fake the pass to Deuce. And CD's wide open on a real route down the sideline. Now, this was kind of at the end of the game. But CD cannot... You, How do you lose CD Lamb? The reason is because the entire defense is like, oh, we're going to key into this dink and duck offense. Well, no. Nope, CD's running free up the sideline and could have had a touchdown if he makes one man miss. It's... It's not conservative, but it's more calculated, which is exactly what the Cowboys need. What I really appreciate about it, and we'll we'll see if this holds true as we move forward, um, he is very situational in his calls where it felt like Kellen Moore was going to do what he had to do, right? This is my offense. This is how I run it. I'm looking to set this up. He's making plays or calls in the first that hopefully can come back to in the third, which all coaches do. But if you look at this situation, right, in the splits, Dak Prescott threw 38 passes in this game. They ran the ball 44 times. If you're going to do that and, you know, say the game isn't out of control, you might cut that in half and it ends up being like 40 to 42. You know what I mean? That's still a good split where your quarterback's getting 40, 40 passes where he's completing 
81% of his passes, like you said, but you're running the ball efficiently. Pollard finished 25 for 72, not the greatest number. Rico Dotto is a little bit more effective with seven rushes for 26 yards. You got Deuce in there for 316. He's, you know, he's a little bit bringing a little bit of juice there. I will say the only thing I'm a little concerned of, and this is our first negative of the day, so um, people can't say we were completely optimistic. I don't know what this wide receiver unit is going to look like outside of CD lamb, you know, no Brandon cooks there. Michael Gallup gets one reception for three yards and the, this next leading receiver after CD's 143 was Tony Pollard with 37. So it's a, it's a little bit concerning about distribution. I know Dak was looking at the tight ends and Jake Ferguson and schoolmaker got a touchdown and there's guys there and for the tight end room, what do you think about the wide receivers? Do you think it's just an anomaly and when Cooks get back, it'll be a little bit more evenly distributed? Evenly, yeah. I think evenly distributed is a perfect... Outside, C.D. Lamb's going to get his. So we'll set C.D. Lamb aside for this conversation. But when, Co- when Brandon Cooks gets back, and we saw this against the Giants, Brandon Cooks is a serious contributor and he is going to... He's, he makes a serious impact. Like last week, he was he had to have been the second leading receiver, if not the leading receiver on the team last week, right? Against the Giants. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but Brandon Cook's eight. He's going to eat when he gets back. Jalen Tolbert, we haven't t- mentioned Jalen Tolbert's name. He impressed me today. To me, Jalen yeah. Tolbert did exactly what he needed to do. Just picking up third down conversions. It's especially early in the game. I don't think he yeah. touched the ball in the second half, but early in the game, it was just, oh, Taylor, Jalen Tolbert planted right at the first down line, picked up perfect, drawing yeah. a pass interference penalty, bad balled by Dak, but like Tolbert had him beat. So I, it's just, I think it's just going to be a, even distribution, which isn't a bad thing, unless you're no. playing in fantasy football. Right. It's, it's not a bad thing to have a completely even distribution. I will say, I don't, the Cowboys, we won't know what, like a Brandon, what this offense will look like with Brandon Cooks included. Like we threw out week one because it was raining, it was a torrential downpour. The Cowboys had beat them by the end of the first half. We won't really know what this offense looks like until, like, we're not going to see it next week. We're playing the Cardinals next week. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but I don't expect the Cowboys to have a serious test defense-wise. Maybe the Cardinals offense shows up and it's more surprising than we think, but I don't think, like, defense-wise, I don't expect the Cardinals to be able to stop the Cowboys as efficiently as the two other games after that. We're going to see a real test versus New England and then at San Francisco. That's where I'm going to be dialed into, okay, what does this offense look like and how are they distributing the targets? Yeah, and just for some number purposes, he had 38 passes, like we said. He completed 31 of them. Of those passes, 21 were targeted towards C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard, right? The the Pollard or the checkdowns, you know, that's the nickel and dime that I'm speaking about. Um, when it came to total wide receiver targets, he ended up having um, 16 of the 31 completions were two wide receivers. Uh, so, Yes, I think there was a little bit more distribution. I think we're looking at the fact that CeeDee Lamb was so productive that you feel like, okay, there wasn't enough there. But it's just because Gallup, um, excuse me, because CeeDee Lamb is just a, a, a man among boys at this point, right? Like targeted 13 times, 11 receptions, 143 yards, 13 per average. Um, He's just an absolute stud. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, this Cowboys offense, they have a chance to do you in a different type of way, right? Like, if if the Cowboys had it their way and Peyton Hendershot, you know, turned it up instead of trying to take a wide on that little reverse there, handoff. Hendershot, dude, you three had tight it. ends, three tight ends with a touchdown with CeeDee Lamb going off and Tony Pollard doing his thing. Like that's a lot of fun. 
And while we, you know, I said we were going to talk about Mike McCarthy, but let's jump to the other side because it will turn into like a coordinator. Real, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I do have a quick question for you. Sure. While we're on the wide receiver room, all offseason, we kind of assumed that Michael Gallup was going to be like back to maybe not what vintage Michael Gallup, but like 90 to 95 percent Michael Gallup. Are you starting to get concerned because through two games, he hasn't really been a factor? Yeah. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, I, that's why I mentioned the initial conversation because I saw how much of a non-factor Michael Gallup was. And... I was you say, okay, Cooks isn't playing. We know Tolbert is gonna get a bigger role, but here's a chance for Michael Gallup to be like, I'm him again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm you know, I'm him again. And we hadn't seen it. Now give, you know, give the credit where it's due. The Cowboys schemed up CD Lamb away from Sauce Gardner a lot. Okay. So he's a he's a guy, and I did, you know, I put a did an opponent review preview um article for Blocking the Boys this week. He doesn't travel. He stays on one side of the field, and the Cowboys understood that, and they put him on DJ Reed, and DJ Reed's a, a really good corner in his own right, but he's not Sauce Gardner. So I think Michael Gallup, you know, they were able to eat with him because the Jets, for some reason, foolishly just said, you know, we're not going to match mano e mano here, which, you know, I'm not a defensive coordinator, but I'm thinking I might want to get my best on their best because he's absolutely torching us right now. But with that being said, Michael Gallup's on the outside going against Sauce Gardner. We're talking about the offense being a little bit more pick and choosy about where they're going with it. Dak probably said, I'm not even, I'm not even, you know, I'm going to go at Gardner a handful of times. I'm not really going to force the issue there. So um, next week, Arizona Cardinals don't really have the same dynamic. Um, you know, if Michael Gallup goes, gets skunked for one for three again, then we can really sound the alarm in my opinion. So yeah, just we don't need to spend too long on Michael Gallup because it's too long. We we need to get back to the positives. But quick yes or no. Like you mentioned, Gallup goes out next week against the Cardinals. Goes for like one for seven, two for fifteen, whatever. Do you consider making it a three A, three B with Tolbert? Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm interested to see what the the splits were. Um, Tolbert did get a start. You know, him, Gallup, and CD were out there. They're out three wide. So technically, Tolbert started this game. And I wonder if that was kind of like an ode to his work. You know I mean? We're going to give you a start. Here's your real first chance. But I'd be interested to see what the, you know, what the snap count looks like between those guys. Um, Tolbert, you know, Dak went to him more. You know, Dak looked his way a little bit more. And he had a couple of chain moving plays. And like you said, he drew a pass interference. And he had a, a point play period. Tolbert had a bigger impact on the game than Michael Gallup did. Like I said, just a few minutes ago or a minute ago. We'll see if that's a Jets thing or if that's a Michael Gallup isn't back thing. Because I, I don't think that Dak all of a sudden lost confidence in Michael Gallup. They used to have a really good rapport. And they used to, you know, used to go to him early and often. So you're not to, not to hammer it and look for negatives in this. But 
you know, this is a team with championship talent, championship aspirations. We're going to need a guy like Michael Gallup to step up at some point, and you would hope it would be sooner rather than later. Agreed. Perfect. So as we move forward, you know, we're going to look at the defensive side. This is something I didn't prep you. I'm pulling, you know, an RJ on the round table, you know, uh, challenge flag here where we're going to kind of pivot and talk about the defense because this defense may, and I'm not saying this isn't bold, may be the best defense in football and we're not spending nearly enough time on it. So yeah, I'm going to give you the floor. I'm not going to ask you a question. Just give me Aiden Davis's Ted talk on Dan Quinn and this defense. It, this like there's not a lot that can be said that you aren't like takeaways they're there sacks they're there that is actually one thing that surprised me today I was expecting the the seemed like the Jets offensive line actually held up pretty well against the Cowboys defensive line now granted that's not to say that Micah Parsons Osa and the rest of the def- defensive line didn't make an impact because they absolutely did but against a bad Jets like credit where credit's due that Jets offensive line held up better than I expected however. It all starts up front. It's Osa. It's like Sam Williams hasn't made a huge impact, but like he's going to get his eventually. Dante Fowler looks great. Hankins is stuffing runs. They haven't seen a lot of Mozzie yet. I expect that to progress a little bit more over the season, but obviously it's headlined by Micah Parsons. It all starts up front. They're giving quarterbacks nightmares in the pocket. It's leading to bad decisions, especially what we're seeing we saw this in the Giants game. We're seeing this in the Jets game. Late in games when you have to throw and the defensive line just knows, okay, we're going to key in and we we can just go. That's where turnovers start to happen, and that's what you like to see where if the Cowboys take a lead, turnovers are going to come. And secondary, I secondary looked good. I mean, it's tough to tell against Zach Wilson. It's not like we're talking about an MVP caliber quarterback here. Secondary to me looked good. Gilmore had a couple if he plays again. Yeah. Nothing two, I'm harping on too much. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, it's fine. Like secondary looks, I think what we expect them to like, they're not going to be probably not the greatest secondary in the league. However, when you have that defensive line, they're going to look a heck of a lot better. And then like LVE, like he's just doing what he needs to do. He he needs to do the linebacking core is just cleaning stuff up exactly what you need them to do because the defensive line is going to be doing 99% of the work. Absolutely. And some of the stats here for the for the Cowboys defense, three sacks on the day, two from Michael Parsons, one from Oso Digizua. They ended up getting three interceptions there, one from Lee Cooker, one from Trayvon Diggs, one from J. Ron Curse. And they also got a fumble, which was Michael Parsons just saying, Dalvin Cook, <laughs> you're a little boy. I'm, the I'm man stronger here. than you. Yeah, just and I so wish that, you know, that shin or knee didn't touch him because that was a house call, which would have been fun to see. But, you know, like I said, three interceptions three sacks, a fumble. This, I mean, this Cowboys defense is if the Cowboys offense wasn't as good as we know it is and as capable as we know it is, you would be like, this defense might be enough to get it done. If you, if you combine the two of them, you're talking about, you know, I hate to say this loud, but a historically good football team, right? I mean, I know people that are bona fide haters that won't give me, you know, an umbrella in the rain or telling me that, the Cowboys, you know, look like the real deal for the first time. Like, and that's, you know, how much it hurt for them to say that they look like Arthur with the bald fist, you know? So they were, they didn't want to tell me that, but it's just undeniable at this point, right? Dan Quinn has put his team together and this is, you know, part of the reason why I believe in continuity in your staff, continuity, your front office trickling down to the players. When Mike Nolan was here, it looked like a disaster. Mike uh, Dan Quinn had to start from scratch. He had to put his drafts and principle, his philosophies, his 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 game plan, 
And now we're really seeing the fruits of that labor. Where you got a guy like Marquise Bell can come down, play linebacker. You got three, four, five safeties that can really play. You know, Stephon Gilmore is the one guy who's having the shaky game because Trayvon Diggs is out here just doing his job. And, you know, you got Damone Clark and Leighton Van Ash. And we're not hearing too much about them. They're just going out there and doing their job. Um, the defensive line speaks for itself with Micah and Dorrance Armstrong. And I actually tweeted this this week. You remember when Dorrance Armstrong was like a, uh, a trade piece everybody wanted to get rid of. And yep. now the guy is like a big part of the of the two D pass rush. And we didn't hear anything from Dante Fowler, but he has moments in this game or in these games. And like there there just isn't really a weakness. And we had talked about the linebacker room before the season started as being a weakness. And that's before we knew they were going to use Marquise Bell and they were going to bring J Ron Curse down. And we haven't even seen Donovan Wilson yet. And Jordan Lewis just came back from injury and he got some snaps and we got no idea. Looked, he looked good. He did. Jay he he good. came up in a nice, he came up in a nice pass breakup. Um, we just, my point is we got guys on this team that we're depending on that haven't even suited up yet. Like Tyler Smith, Donovan Wilson, those guys. And this team is still looking like an unbeatable team at this time. Right. And you, as a Cowboys fans, you learn not to get ahead of yourself. You take it next week, Arizona Cardinals, Tough against the Giants. Keep, you know, got to beat them. Don't take them for granted. You mentioned the Patriots. They're going to scheme something up with Bill Belichick. Got to beat them. You got to find a way to get to get through them. And then it's the real deal with the San Francisco 49ers. So it's, you feel really good about it, but you try to keep your feet in front of your, your skis here and not, and not fall on your face. Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask you about because if I had to throw out a wild guess, it's going to be that the Cowboys defense hasn't been tested yet is going to be the narrative that we hear from the detract the Cowboys detractors over the next couple weeks it's going to be oh they got to open up against the Giants who by the way just hung 31 points it didn't look pretty in this first half but they did hang 31 points today the Jets deep the Jets offense without Aaron Rodgers isn't all that what's the first test is it San Francisco or like um can you are you tested against the Patriots or is it just like circle San Francisco's yeah can I give you a cliche answer yeah every week is the test right because you know, I mean, your question is completely valid because I think somebody other than me would come on here and be like, yeah, San Francisco is the answer. But we've seen this team, like you mentioned earlier, lose to the Denver Broncos. This game felt to some like a trap game, right? This is a really good defense with some offensive weapons. If Zach Wilson can manufacture and just be okay, the Jets probably hang in this game in a lot of people's minds and probably have a chance to win it in the end. Instead, this team changed the narrative. They do something different than we're accustomed to, and they go out there and they beat a team soundly like they should have. Now, do they do that against Arizona next week? I want to see it again. You know what I mean? I want to see it one more time and then, you know, do it again against the Patriots. So I'm going to take it very game by game because we've seen this team, you know, pee down their leg a few times. No, let me clear. I yeah, I I I think I'll wear that. Not. I don't know if the Cowboys will beat the Cardinals. I don't know if they're gonna beat the yeah. Patriots. It's more defense specifically. What's like the first? If the headlines coming out, the narratives that are coming out from the detractors are they haven't faced a real offense yet. Is it are the Niners that Niners maybe? would be it? Yeah, they okay. got they got okay. so many weapons, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, I think anybody would say that, right? Like, if. If Rodgers played this week, this would have been their real first test, right? Exactly. But, yeah. But, you know, I thought, and I think some people agree with me, this would have been the hardest game on the schedule if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. I think everyone kind of built this as the toughest game outside of the Eagles. You got to play the Eagles twice, but yeah. there's familiarity there. But um, yeah, I think the 49ers are the first real defensive test. If they go out there and 
hold them to 14, 17 points or whatever the case may be, then you're like, okay, we're talking for real. Everybody wants to throw the doomsday name on them. Like, I think they earned it at that point. But, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, kind of put a bow on that unless you have any ish- uh, final thoughts on that kind of segment there. No, I do want to, like, before the headlines get out that the Cowboys defense hasn't faced an actual offense yet, every defense, every quote-unquote good defense in the NFL is allowing more points than the Cowboys are allowing right now and looking right. worse. Like, the Eagles, they let the Patriots score, what, 25 points? Which, yeah, almost won the game. Yep. I mean, you have the the Bills, like, 10 points to the Raiders, that's okay. But, like, I, I the Raiders aren't anything, but I don't know. Yeah, I just... 10 points or two games is absurd. And so, I I am already seeing the headlines that they haven't based an actual offense yet. That's I'm it's rubbish, I'm not gonna be bro. happy about that. It's yeah. rubbish because the Giants were giant Giants were uh, a playoff team. They won a playoff game. They had a winning record last year. Everybody's singing the praises of Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones got paid. They got some more weapons. They brought in, you know, Darren Waller. Like I, I hate the revisionist history. Yes, the Jets game was much easier than it was going to be on the schedule, but you have to play your schedule. So it doesn't mean that people can knock the Cowboys performance against the Giants because the Giants, you know, aren't what everybody thought they were going to be. But that's not what you're saying pregame or preseason. So um, I don't I don't buy into that. But yeah, you're right. That's the world we live in. So people always got some negative things to say. But. Some on some more positive stuff, and maybe it's negative. It depends how you feel about it. I this one we don't gonna spend too too much time on it because I feel like we've kind of touched on it a bit. But I just want to ask you more directly: um, Are we believers yet of this team, or is there more that we need to see for you to be bought in on this to be a historic Cowboys team? No, I'm absolutely bought in on this team. The only and yeah, we've talked. It's kind of been a negative episode after what we just saw. Like I'm completely bought in. Yeah. The only thing that I'd like to see, and it's not uh, like not that I don't think the offense was conservative today. The dink and dump I'm completely fine with. The only like negative, quote unquote negative I take away from this game, the red zone offense is an amazing after the Cowboys last year were the re- best red zone offense in the NFL. They had to settle for a few field goals that A, I would like to, them to be more aggressive and B, where like it was like ended up you get the ball at like the 30 yard line and then you have to settle for a field goal. Granted, I do take that. I like to put an asterisk on that because like we mentioned at the end of the game, the Cowboys were just trying to milk clock. They weren't really like, we have to score a touchdown here, which I think Mike McCarthy probably could have done if he wanted to, but that would be the thing that like, if I'm looking at like the Cardinals and the Patriots game, I'm like, okay, how does the red zone offense look? Because if you, I'd love to see a 76% touchdown percentage like we had 76% touchdown percentage like we had last year. Even if it's like 60 to 7, like that range, I'm fine with. Just I'd like to see more out of the red zone offense, but that is such a minor thing on an otherwise perfect ballgame. Yeah, like it's fair to say it, right? And I feel like I'm going to end up being on an island with the take that I think that they were just playing to not keep the jets in the game right they weren't which is fair which is completely you know what i mean like i looked at this and i'm like okay they could have been more aggressive but then i asked myself why would they you know they've been able to beat this jets team soundly without getting aggressive right like we probably feel a little bit different if peyton hendershot you know scores that and it's you know 37 to 10 right so then they get instead of settling for three they get the touchdown Mm -hmm. you know i know they hand the ball off inside the five a few times had some penalties whatever um 
that's just kind of the way football works sometimes, right? It goes one or two di- different ways and you're talking about it with a whole different tone this, you know, at this podcast. So yeah, you, you want to see him tighten it up, score more touchdowns, but um, I understand, or I think I at least understand, or think I understand that uh, that it, it was just an opponent, you know, they're doing a dictated based on the opponent. And I think we're going to be fine. I was impressed. Yes. To answer my question directly there for this segment I'm bought in on this team, right? I this Amen. is a game they lose. This is a game in years prior they lose. It doesn't matter. It's Zach Wilson. We've seen Matt Flynn, you know, for the Packers get paid off of a performance against the Cowboys. We saw Josh Dobbs last year with the Titans, and we got him coming in next week with Arizona. Like we've seen Josh Dobbs with the Titans make the game tighter. Even last year, with some of these principles in place, they weren't able to go out and do what they did in the last two weeks. I'm completely sold. I seen enough to know that this team can do anything we want. And to say that they can't do X, Y, and Z is to sell them short without any real reason other than to be a hater. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but you'd be lying if you say they didn't have the pieces in place to do it. Here's my thing. We don't, we haven't seen enough of the NFL yet to know for certain, but the Cowboys are in the, like, if you if you're making a tier list, the Cowboys are at the top of the tier list. They're one of the best teams in football. Maybe they're not the best, but through two weeks, the Cowboys are the best team through two weeks, and yeah. that's without a doubt. Like, I am putting the Cowboys. Like, they're at the top of the list. Now, granted, it's only week two, so we still have a lot to see, but, like, who else are you putting up there? To me, no team has impressed like the Cowboys, and it's not particularly close right now. Like, we just talked about the Bills. Yeah, they look great this week. They also dropped one of the Jets last week. The Chiefs don't look good. The Bengals certainly don't look good with Joe Burrow on that calf injury. Like, the Ravens, okay. Like, they, sure, you can throw them up there. But to me, the Cowboys, they are, through two weeks, the best team in football. Now, that's not saying that I'm putting them at, like, the top of the power rankings. But through two weeks, best team in football. And so, how how can you not be a believer? Let, let me ask you this, then. This is off script a little bit, but RJ every Tuesday puts out like a power rankings for blogging the boys and he kind of panels, you know, five or six other outlets that do the same thing. Where do you think the floor is universally? Like, I know this, you'll leave room for eccentric people who, you know, things do things for, you know, ul- ulterior motives. But where do you think the Cowboys fall justifiably on people's, you know, rankings list? If I'm putting the absolute floor on the Cowboys, now granted, we're recording this before we've seen the Miami Dolphins game. Sure. The absolute, you're kidding yourself if you put them any lower than four. Like the yes. teams that in a remote sense, I could see you putting ahead of the Cowboys. Sure, the Ravens, they got a win against the Bengals team. I'm fine with that. The 49ers, 2-0, and sure, okay. And then if the Dolphins look good, those are the only three. And if the Dolphins lose, by the way, then the Cowboys floor is three. Like those are the only teams I could see you putting ahead of the Cowboys. Stop putting the Chiefs ahead of the Cowboys. That's a result of last year. They're not better. Mm -hmm. The Bills, they look good this week. Lost to the team that we just beat by 20. You can't put them any lower than three. In my opinion, they should be one or two with the 49ers. Like if you want to put the 49ers ahead of the Cowboys, sure. They look good. You One and two. Yeah, I mean, I can't even... I don't even want to add any more to it. I think you said it perfectly. Like I was going to say, maybe you had to, without question, put them in the top five. But like you said, that four, three, two, it's the sweet spot. If you want to give it the 49ers, because they had our number the last two years. If, if you're still in love with the Mahomes and the Eagle situation, which there'll be some of that, but no consensus top five, you know, should be an 80 to 90% of everybody's top four. And I could see people put them as high as one. And I don't think anybody should bat an eyelash about that. 
And me and you were texting during the Eagles game this week through yep. six quarters of football. The Eagles look completely beatable. Yep. Jalen Hurts isn't running as much. He's clearly that money's settling in and he's like, he's running out of bounds now. He's not putting his shoulder down. Like the Eagles, yeah, they might be better than the Cowboys. Through two weeks, they do not look better than the Cowboys. Absolutely not. And so let's wrap this up with our final segment. Point directly, just give us your game ball. One guy that you want to give the game ball to here for this Cowboys week two victory against the Jets. I mean, once again, like like there's one clear game ball that I'm not going to give out. You know what? I'm going to give the game ball to... Let's give it to Brandon Aubrey. There's two okay. names I had in my head. I'm going for an underrated game ball. Five for five, drilled a, what was it, a 50? 55-yarder, dead 55-yarder. Headed by another Could not five. Be, yeah. yeah. Could not be more perfect. Brandon Aubrey, we had our questions about the kicker situation coming in this year. To me, question's over. He is the kicker until proven otherwise. He's yep. the dude. Give it to Brandon Aubrey. Perfect. I mean, he earned it. Like, I he at this point, I need to see negatives now to not believe in what he's able to do. Right before it was like before I believe in this guy, I need to see it. Now it's like I trust him until proven otherwise. So I mean that's come a long yep. way in two weeks. I mean when you hit fifty five, drilled it and hit everything like I don't even put last week on him because that was you know messy situations. First chance at a home stadium where he's going to play eight or nine games, probably more with the playoffs. Like he looked damn good in the Cowboys uh, stadium there. Take away that first PAT. He's perfect since then. And not only perfect, like it's yep. it's Justin Tucker perfect. Like it's not, they're eking in. They're straight down the middle. Brandon Aubrey, congratulations on proving us wrong. Yep. And so for me, I'm going to go corny cliche here, but I, I, I want to make sure that this man gets his praise. I don't know if you think I'm going where you think I'm going. Guess real quick. I think you're going Micah. No, no, I should. But that's the, that's like the no duh. I'm gonna go a little off kilter, but because of the position, people will be like, "Duh." I'm going. I'm going Dak Prescott. I, I think Dak Final, Prescott. Yep. You know, when when you go 31 for 38, zero interceptions. That's the number one thing. Everybody want to act like this guy was, you know, Mister Mister Yips giving the ball out for free every, and that was his story. It's not his stories. Through two football games, um, zero interceptions, zero toner, turnovers whatsoever. This week, he was dialed in 13 for 13 in the first 13 passes, taking what the defense is getting him, completely understanding and 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 doing what Mike McCarthy asks of him in this offense, the timing rut, the feet, it all looks good. Um, Dak Prescott, if we get this, hey, I'll sp- pick my spots. We'll do the right things. I'll, I'll pick and choose when I'm going to get aggressive here. If we got this guy dialed in like he's looking you know, this week, and he did nothing overly impressive. But if we got this guy in the, with the chance to elevate, this Cowboys team cannot be stopped, right? We already said it once. The only way this team's going to lose this year is if they turn the ball over or shoot themselves in the foot. It starts with Dak Prescott not in it, get, turning the ball over, not throwing any exceptions. And he, through two games, has done exactly that. And it is such a good thing to see because we're Dak guys. We believe in Dak Prescott. We think he can lead us to a Super Bowl. And, um, you know, through two games, there's nothing that changes my opinion about that. No, I love the pick. Dak absolutely deserves this flowers. I mean, you could have, like, CeeDee Lamb looked good. Uh, I like mean, you yeah, it's given him, yeah, like, like a but CD was, lamb, but yeah, like those symbolically, are, but, I wanted to give it to Dak, you know, I love it because he deserves it. And like, he should have been my, like he, for all the, for, it's so weird, 12 and 14. And yet all the talk over the off season about Dak was negative. It's insane. Yeah. This guy came out 
clearly has just filtered everything out, not making mistakes. Dak absolutely deserves his flowers. I will say the two other names that we're considering, like I guess my honorable mentions list, A, Jalen Tolbert in the first half impressed me enough as like a guy who his ascension is great and I wanted to give him his flowers. Didn't do enough in the second half, but loved what he did in the first half for his converting the chains. And B, Osa, defensive tackle one. Yep. That This guy knows how to pass rush. He knows how to put the quarterback on his butt. Mm-hmm. It fits in perfectly with this defense where he has the athleticism to be versatile. I'm really liking what I'm seeing through Osa through two games. Yeah, and it's funny. It's it's such a good position to be in where I, I'm going to talk up Dak Prescott, and when people listen to this, they're going to cru- kill me because you know I didn't pick CD. I didn't pick Mike. I didn't pick Osa. I didn't pick Brandon Aubrey. I didn't pick Trayvon Diggs. Like, there's so many people that you could have picked and I went with Dak Prescott because of the whole situation around it. But, hey, Cowboys are 2-0, finished off the Jets with a game, with a date with the Arizona Cardinals, who, you know, organically tanking, I would say. I mean, they look good today against the Giants, didn't get the job done. So I think in their mind, that was the perfect scenario. Uh, but the Cowboys got another test. And uh, we'll, when we come back here, hopefully we'll be discussing a 3-0 Dallas Cowboys football team. So uh, it would be fun to talk about, and I look forward to it. So from another episode of the First and Ten Podcast, I'm Tony Catalina. This is Aiden Davis. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.